0: The Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast is proud to partner with Flashes of Fun Photography. Flashes of Fun giving high school juniors and seniors in the Jonathan Alder, Hilliard, Dublin, Marysville, or London school districts the chance to be a Flashes of Fun ambassador. You'll receive a free mini photo session and you become an Instagram star. If you draw other customers to Flashes of Fun, you'll win a free senior session, Amazon gift cards, and more. Go to flashesofun.com to apply. And we want to thank Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soils for supporting small business in the state of Ohio to the tune of $85,000 in rebates to you. 38% off bulk mulch at Kurtz Brothers 4 Central Ohio locations. You'll receive your savings in the form of a Visa gift card, which you can use to support small businesses. Use the promo code KBCares when booking online at kbcolumbus.com. on
1: the Spielman & Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. For the health of college football, I think for the promotion of college football, these teams realize, and these athletic directors and mm-hmm. schools, that when you put these marquee matchups together, it's nothing but beneficial for everybody. Not just Alabama and Ohio State, not just the SEC and the Big Ten,
0: but the popularity of the game, because that brings eyes and interest to college football as a whole. so. And- Welcome to a June 24th Wednesday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley, Chris Spielman on vacation. Doug Lay Maurice, Cleveland.com, outstanding columnist and Buckeye football kind of sort of beat guy, but feature writer and really a talented guy. The guy who succeeded me on the plane dealer beat will be joining us at uh, nine o'clock. Well, nine o'clock doesn't mean anything. You, you don't know when I'm taping this. He'll be joining us in about five minutes. Uh, we are going to um, talk a little bit about the Bubba Wallace thing which uh, the FBI has investigated and has found that the quote-unquote noose hanging in the garage of Bubba Wallace, the only African-American driver on the NASCAR circuit. Uh, no noose is good news, I guess, or it's fake noose to some people. Uh, but what the FBI, 15 FBI agents on this case, found out is that it's not a noose. It's a garage pole. It was there since October of 2019. No way anyone could have known Bubba Wallace would have been assigned to that garage. That's the deal. So why do these things keep happening? We had Jesse Smollett in Chicago, which was a fake. Uh, we had Michael Bennett in Las Vegas uh, accusing the police of, you know, treating him in a racist way, exposed to be a fraud on videotape. Uh, we have uh, two other things that may or may not be true. I don't know, but we never see photographic evidence. If you, if you go back and listen to Monday's podcast, I was very, very, very careful. When I was talking about the Bubba Wallace "quote unquote" noose, and I said, "Look, we need to see a photo." Not that I doubted it, just that if 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 it's there, if it's a noose, like show it to us. This is how you ferret out the outliers, the crazy people who still harbor racist views. You out them. You can't protect them. You can't be afraid to take them on. But when it's exposed as a fraud, you got to admit it. You got to admit it, and Bubba Wallace uh, is not admitting it. He's just not admitting it last night. Here's Bubba Wallace after the FBI investigation on with CNN's Don Lemon. I've been racing all my life. I've, we've, we've raced out of hundreds of garages that, uh, never had garage pools like that. So people that want to call it a garage pool and put out old videos and photos of, of, of knots being, um, in, uh, in, 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 their there as their evidence, go ahead. But from the evidence that we have, um, and that I have, uh, it's a straight up noose. The FBI has stated it was a noose over and over again. NASCAR leadership has stated that it was a noose. I can confirm that I actually got evidence of what was hanging in my garage over my car, around my picker guys to confirm that it was a noose and never seen anything like it. Okay. That's Bubba Wallace's take. Uh, he's doubling down. He's not going to take the FBI's word for it. And, um, why do people see nefarious things when there are no nefarious things? Because they want it to be true. They want it to be true. And that, that's what's troubling to me, is that we want, we want like, not we, but there are many people who they want that to be a noose. They want it to be a noose. Which, why do you want that? Why wouldn't you celebrate, hey, NASCAR, you know, which had a debatable history with race, uh, it's not a noose. That's great. No, instead, uh, we're going to just double down on continuing to call it a noose. And that just stokes the divide. And I just don't get it. I, I don't understand why we want it to be a noose. Because it doesn't help anyone if it is a noose. Um, the Missouri poop swastika, the LeBron James racial epithet on his front gate. if If they happened... Things like this Bubba Watson thing, Bubba Bubba Wallace thing, make people dismiss those things. We have to take seriously authentic examples of racism, and we have to breathe a sigh of relief when there is no racism involved. That's what we should do. I would love to see Bubba Wallace, I would love to see Colin Kaepernick maybe balance out their arguments a bit. Bubba uh, Wallace's father is white. He was his first sponsor in NASCAR. What would be wrong with Bubba Wallace saying, uh, there are some people who've treated me ugly, but I know that not all people are like that because my father's not like that. Colin Kaepernick was adopted by white parents. Colin Kaepernick can say there's instances of racial injustice, but I know there's good in everybody because I was adopted and I... Got ahead in life in part because I was parented by two people who loved me even though I wasn't their biological child. But that's not where we are. So, uh, again, these kinds of topics exhaust me uh, because we just, as I said, as I wrote on PressProsMagazine.com a while back, we used to be able to agree to agree, agree to disagree. Now we can't even agree to agree. (laughs) Any sane person knows racism is wrong. And all sane people should be relieved when an investigation Shows that what we thought was a horrible thing turns out to be huh, just an innocuous thing. And with that, we will transition to OSU football and uh, my friend Doug LaMaurice, who was kind enough to join us on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Mr. Maurice, how are you this morning? What's up, Bruce? How are you? I'm doing well. Good to have you with us. Uh, Doug, if you guys don't know, is the uh, person who followed me on the beat at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. I was trying to think yesterday if you've passed me yet in years of service. I was just thinking that. Were you 18? I was 18, yeah. 18 years. 18 years. 1988 to, to through the 2005 season out, uh, Alamo Bowl.
1: Okay, because I'm coming up on season 16. Season so 16. So I started in
0: 05. So you Three still got years. me by a couple years. Who will last longer at OSU, Doug Maurice or Ryan Day?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I, I know I am not going to the NFL. I know that. <laughs> You're and, not, I, and huh? Ryan Day is Ryan Day is not getting fired, and I might be getting fired. so I think
0: <laughs> I think I give Ryan Day the edge. You're not getting fired. You do too good of a job. You do a great job. Um, and the beat has changed a lot since uh, I had it. It was a solo thing. You had it for a while when it was a solo thing. And then now,, uh, you got three guys. On the yep. OSU beat, and you've had three guys for quite some time. You had Ari Wasserman, athletic, Bill Landis, athletic. Now you have Stephen Means and Nathan Baird. Since thirteen, in two thousand thirteen, was the first year we expanded it when we started with the
1: digital focus instead of the newspaper focus. And uh, and you know this, Bruce. I mean, and this is how it is with great. Great sports in a lot of places. It's three sixty-five now, yeah. right? I mean, we are—we have not had football for a long time. We've been doing our Buckeye Talk podcast since uh, 2015, and we're now doing it five days a week in the off season when there's no football and there's an audience for it. There's an appetite for it, just like you guys are doing this this podcast constantly. Yeah. Um. And I know you guys cover more topics than we do with Buckeye Talk because we're all Ohio State football, but in Ohio. You can talk sports 365 days a year. You can talk Ohio State football uh, 365 days a year.
0: Yeah, you can. Tell people where they can find Buckeye Talk and uh, tell them a little bit more about what you guys cover with Ohio State football. I'd assume it's a lot of recruiting at this time of year. At yeah. Least.
1: yeah, and we do, you know, we just are kind of, we have uh, tech subscribers who we um, talk to through the phone. That We send text messages out. Uh, You can pay 4 bucks a month to be part of that. And it's like a little circle of people we have now where there's a lot of two-way communication. People text back to us. We respond to those texts and we get ideas from them. We get questions from them for the podcast. So we lean on our most loyal followers uh, in a lot of ways. So Mm -hmm. if you want to be a tech subscriber, you can send a text to 614-350-3315. You sign up. It's a 14-day free trial to see what you think. It's free. What the heck? four bucks a month after that. And the podcast we do Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday is about 45 minutes or an hour. Mm -hmm. And then our big Wednesday podcast, which we just went up this morning, we did, what would it take for Ohio State football to create a mini dynasty in the next five years? We have a lot of tech subscriber answers. We have, each of us gave our three, three things that would have to happen for Ohio State to do that. We went two hours and 45 minutes. on top.
0: Okay. So I want you to Tell me to define a mini dynasty in a second, but one of the uh, features here we love on the Spielman and Hootley podcast are our sponsor, mention Nice. Because, hey, man's got to make a buck here when in the uh, in the land where capitalism is still a good thing, at least on our podcast. So we want to thank Steve, and we want to thank Chrissy, and we want to thank Julie and everybody at AUIInfo.com in Akron, because AUI does great things for small businesses in the state of Ohio. They simplify you running your small business. The mere fact that you don't have to spend time holding on the phone, trying to get health insurance prices, that's a waste of your time as a business owner. You should be ordering. You should be doing payroll. You should be doing a lot of the other things. But you say, well, you know, I also got HR issues. Well, good news for you. AUI has Julie, their HR specialist. So when you go with auinfo.com, and they're licensed throughout the state of Ohio, you get somebody who's going to line up health insurance for you. It's not going to cost you one dime more because the health insurer will pay AUI. You don't pay them, but they just take all those cumbersome bothersome things off your plate and can answer your HR questions as well. So find them online at auinfo.com. That's auiinfo.com. Doug Lamarice cleveland.com, joining us. You can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug LaMaurice, l e s m e R-I-S-E-S. Less Me Rises. Correct. You told me that one time, and I remember yeah. it forever. I have no problem. I know how to spell all the difficult sports names. <laughs> Le Maurice, Albuquerque, where I used to go for basketball regionals. Uh, and that's about all I have in my head. If you collapse in front of me and you need CPR, I got nothing for you. But I can stand uh, over but you but and you I can say, name. K-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I, Shashevsky. I don't know if that'd bring <laughs> you back, but I can do it. All right. Uh a mini dynasty, you say? What would it take for Ryan Day and Ohio State to be a mini dynasty in college football? I can't be the only person who responded. Aren't we already a mini dynasty? Like, how many, oh no, three un, unshared, outright Big Ten championships in a row. Mm. More, uh, who else? Do we have tied with Oklahoma, tied with we tied with Oklahoma for the third most college football playoffs. Appearances, am I right on that? I'm doing that. All- uh, okay. Clemson, it's, Alabama. Uh,
1: yeah, Clemson, Alabama. In the six-year playoff, Clemson, Alabama each have five. Oklahoma has four. Ohio State has three. Three. Nobody, three. Else, okay. nobody
0: else has more than one. Okay. Well, so four. So we'd be on the radio, Doug. Mount Rushmore of college mm, football. That's true. Powerhouses right now. Uh, we said. Um, Define a well, mini dynasty.
1: We, we defined it in the next five years. In the five-year period, we defined it as. Two titles plus, so two titles plus, two two other good playoff appearances. Okay, four playoff appearances in five years, and like by good playoff appearance, I'm leaving room to say losing to Clemson 31 nothing in a semifinal is not a good, not appearance. a good one. Can, okay, all right, and, or three titles, or three and titles. so by that definition, Clemson and Alabama are both in the midst of mini dynasties oh, because okay. Clemson, Alabama, Clemson in the last five years, um, has two titles and two Two championship losses. And Alabama, uh, in the previous five years, not not including this year, the first year they missed the playoff was this Mm -hmm. year, but the first Mm -hmm. five years of the playoff, they had two titles and two championship game losses.
0: And what's the consensus of your podcast? Yes, or did you do a yes or no, or did you just do what's it take?
1: We did a vote from our tech subscribers uh, and basically the four categories that I gave them were basically, yes, yes, maybe no. And no, this conversation is silly. Just give me a title. What are we talking nobody about? Nobody
0: picked tomorrow? that. Nobody picked that last one.
1: Well, the last one had an insult for me. It was no, you silly old man. So okay. people like oh, that one insulted you, me personally. You uh, it was well, it's uh, not an
0: objective poll. Then they got a chance to take no, a shot That's at true. It.
1: They want to insult me. It was 73 percent said, Yes or yes, maybe 30 percent said yes, 30 percent were all in. Yes, this is going to happen. And to be fair, it would be something that has never really happened in Ohio State history. I think I was going to
0: say, has there ever been a period because I'm going through my mental Rolodex back to when I first started watching it late 60s? I'm not sure they ever have that.
1: There's a, I think in the 50s, and again, they have like a couple titles where they, I think 54 and 57, right? Or two titles. So like, but that's, it's so far back there. I mean, we were going back trying to see who else qualifies. It's like, you're going through army in the mid 40s. And it's like, that's what we're talking about. So we tried to draw some distinction. You know, they, it's more about that they've had talent at times where you say they could have had this. And when I, I look basically from the mid 80s on and- the definition is a little loose part of it that we talked about is that it's there's a feel to it too right do you mm-hmm. feel like a dynasty mm-hmm. so I think off the top of my head we were talking about the Jimmy Johnson U Hurricanes oh, right yes. which you know very well Oh yeah, certainly was the Osborne Nebraska Cornhuskers mm-hmm. three and four years um, Florida State it didn't exactly fit that definition but my gosh I think Florida State finished in the top four in the AP poll like 12 straight years mm-hmm. uh, with Bobby Bowden so we included them Um, USC that quick little run two straight titles and then in 05 people thought they were the best team ever before they lost to Texas we included them the Pete Carroll USC and then Bama we said Saban's actually had two separate mini runs here and Clemson so that's it's pretty exclusive company but it's not impossible but Bruce when you look at for instance the super softs could have been this
0: yeah I was going to say you said mid 80s The two that came to mind for me, 68 through 72, 71 was a disastrous year, but still sixty-eight, nine, seventy, seventy-two, 70, 72, really good. And then 72 through 76. Those are the last three years of Archie and then 76, but they played for the big 10 championship.
1: But you could see, I mean, 68 got one of them. And then we know the loss to Michigan in 69 and the Rose Bowl loss in 70. And then the Archie year, my gosh, they're number one, all three years sophomore, junior, senior they are They're they're number one most of the year, all three years, and they never win one. So yeah, those were the two that we really talked about. And then, you know, Trestle to win in 02 and lose back to back in 06 and 07, not not really, but I mean, competitive, but not quite. And then Urban, you know what? You go Urban, undefeated in 12, but banned, if they would have uh-huh. had a shot 13, if they beat Michigan state, they're playing for a national title 14, they win it. And 15, they might be the best team in the country and they have the loss. They can't, they can't have. Yeah.
0: And then 16, but, but they again, get in, but they get beaten 31. They got nothing, blown out. You said, but again, count.
1: not it. Like potentially yeah, you could see, boy, yeah. you had the talent and the coaching and the mm-hmm. context to mm-hmm. maybe do it. So all we're doing, Bruce is asking one of the great programs in college football history to do something. They've never done before. They've never done
0: before. Yeah. Well, they've and done that with the three outright Big Ten titles, but that's not seventy-three percent think they can do it. That's a low bar. Uh, doing the Big Ten thing in this Big Ten, the way they dominate the Big Ten,
1: uh, and that's the question that they—that yeah. is it, right? Exactly right. They've—they're so dominant in the Big Ten, it almost does make sense to look nationally.
0: Yeah, because they've gotten to the point where winning the Big Ten is pretty much a formality. Uh, I know Penn State won't like that. Penn State's got them at Penn State this year. We'll see. If Penn State can hang, I don't think Penn State has, across the board, the athletes that Ohio State have. and That's why Penn State, even though they've been ahead in some games, haven't been able to beat Ohio State, either in Ohio Stadium or over there, except for the one year on the fluky blocked field goal. Uh, talking with Doug LaMaurice, Cleveland.com, talking some Buckeye football here. Spiels is on vacation, a Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Spiels on vacation. And uh, he's roughing it. You know how I know he's roughing it? Because I had a box of Hemisphere coffee for him before he left, and he said, uh, I don't have time to wait for you to come and deliver it to me, so I'm just going to go without. So when Spiels gets back, he will be uh, thrilled to be back. Yes, even out here in the hinterlands, because I have a box of Hemisphere Coffee Roasters K-Cups for him. And my daughter will be sad because it's making my car smell phenomenal, because Hemisphere Coffee Roasters has that deep, rich flavor no matter what you get, whether— It's something that they've purchased direct from growers in Nicaragua, Thailand, Indonesia. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee is great. Honest to goodness, many of you are uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters repeat customers. I've never received one email, eh, the coffee was just okay, wasn't that good? No, it's phenomenal. I don't like coffee, but I like their coffee, maybe because Paul is the uh, ultimate barista. Are you a barista if you're male or female? Is that a... Genderless it's term.
1: Barista. I don't know. I don't know. I've never but heard of barista. Paul's really so.
0: good. Paul's really good at uh, making coffee. Whether it's although Spiels says a latte is not a coffee. Are you a coffee guy, Doug?
1: I'm a I'm coffee, not not fancy coffee at all. But I'm gonna. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he likes the Hunter's Blend and the uh, Jamaica Me Crazy, and he says it's great, no bitter aftertaste. So hopefully this podcast is the same, no bitter aftertaste. <laughs> um, Paul Feinbaum, SEC Ooh. Network. Uh, face of the SEC network, did an interview with my former station in Cleveland yesterday on ESPN 850. I assume it was on a really big show with Tony Rizzo and Aaron Goldhammer, where Paul Feinbaum said that Ryan Day is a more complete coach than Urban Meyer. Here's the quote. quote, I think he's already one of the best coaches in the country. I don't know him well. I've interviewed him once or twice, but from a distance – He's just a cool guy that understands the modern player. I had my problems with Urban. That was well-known, but I always respected him as coach. I think Ryan Day is a more complete coach. Um, I would side with the guy who has three national championships. Mm. But that's just me talking.
1: It's funny to me. This happened when we were doing this Dynasty podcast, uh, Bruce, because... We are talking about how important de- how important is Ryan Day to this? And some people are like, you know, w- well, if Urban was here, I wouldn't be saying this, you know. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's funny. And it's in other words, like
0: if Urban were here, they wouldn't say yes. Ohio. But they're Stakers better off. Right. Yeah. That like like Urban was somehow holding them back. Soon um
1: this is this is the hard thing about this. And this is not Ryan Day agrees with this. This is not a slam on Ryan Day. He was set up to succeed as well as any head coach sure. in college football history has been set up to succeed in sure. year one. And that was because of Urban. And so some of this that you look at, it's really interesting because Urban's fingerprints are still all over this, but yet Ryan Day has elevated it in his own way. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I just find it odd when people now, and it's just recency bias, when they look back a little bit and they say things like this to a guy who won three national titles, to a guy who built the recruiting monster and lifted Ohio State recruiting to a level that it had never been at before. I mean, it, Jim Tressel was incredibly success, successful, yep. and Urban Meyer built on that. And I know they lost to Iowa. I know they lost to Purdue. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I find it stunning when people say things like this because Ryan Day is great. Part of Ryan Day's early success is built on the back of Urban Meyer, and it's hard to argue with a guy who lost nine games in seven
0: years. I have said on this podcast repeatedly that the test for Ryan Day will be not in year one or two, continuing the urban success. It'll be in years four or five where the guys who remember how it was under urban, a little more strict, I guess I'll say. <laughs> I don't mean Ryan is uh hands off, but I mean, Ryan's, uh, Ryan's more apt to chess bump you than he is to call you out in some kind of a psychological way. Okay. That's why I think the players are like, wow, it's a breath of fresh air. I said last year, he's the right coach at the right time for the right team. Four or five years in, you lose those guys who remember, oh, man, when I took a off-step in practice, man, did Urban light me up. And so there becomes a tendency, a temptation to get a little bit lax in what you do. Now, I'll say, that, and I've said this too, I think Ryan's a sharp enough guy that he can, as things go, he may tighten the ratchet down a little bit more. And he's pretty intuitive, I think, if he sees those things. Nevertheless, I stand by my original statement that the test for Ryan Day – As a program builder and a program maintainer is more apt to be a more stringent test for him in years four and five than it is in year one or two. And I
1: agree with that. I completely agree with that. And he's in the honeymoon period still now. Credit to him that he extended the honeymoon period a whole year. But they blew everybody out last year. And then when they lost, everybody thinks the refs took it from him. Yeah. So he doesn't have an Iowa loss or a Purdue loss or a Michigan State Big Ten championship game loss. He really hasn't. I mean, Ohio State fans were incredibly disappointed by the Clemson loss, but I don't think they put that on Ryan Day. No, I mean, didn't. even I wrote when they lost at Iowa uh, in 2017, I think my headline was, has Urban Meyer lost his edge? Here I am complaining about why do people – it's like I did it, you know, because Urban, they were so good. Every loss was like a shock. And, you know, Ryan Day is not going to go 100-0 in Big Ten play. You wouldn't say. So at some point – you know, but Urban went 24-0 to start his career here. So, you know, it's just funny. Ryan Day – everybody thinks Ryan Day is perfect. And he's only – excellent. He's not perfect. But at the moment, he's excellent. Urban was excellent for a longer period of time, but we're in the perfect zone with Ryan Day. And it just is interesting to me when that then that colors a backward look at Urban and people think, well, some people think, well, it's good Urban retired so that we could have Ryan Day now. And I'm not saying that it's bad, but it's like, come on.
0: Urban Meyer was really good at this. It's a hard evaluation for me because I look at Urban's career and I think, well, how many games could he have lost? I mean, you know, the Big Ten's so terrible. And I look at Ryan last year and I think, well, um I'm trying to reflect back. Did he lose the only game he could have conceivably lost? I mean, really. I mean, yeah. 10 and 0 was
1: easy. And then yeah, but I agree. Correct. The others but, even Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, they're still
0: heavy favorites. But that's a But that's a tribute to them, too. It's like they built their team so well that a Wisconsin team or a Penn State team that, you know, finishes with, you know, two losses is not really a threat to them, is not really an athletic match to them. So when I say that, it's like it's sort of like, yeah, well, they, you know, they played one team. And Urban said this before the game. You were probably in that scrum in the hallway at the Marriott in Phoenix. Urban says first time Ohio State's going to see a team and Clemson's going to see a team that has equal athletes. And we'll see what happens. It'll be fascinating. And it was fascinating. Uh, so it's a it's a, a plus and a minus. They don't play very many games they could conceivably lose, but the reason they don't play very many is because they do a good job. And it's building is hard, maintaining
1: is hard, but building is hard too. And it it is it's not it's not a fair criticism of Ryan, and I don't intend it as a criticism of yeah. Ryan, but and we talked this. I don't want to give our whole Buckeye Talk podcast no, don't, away. Don't. I would like people to listen to it. And you probably can relate to this, Bruce. I think it would be a great tribute to Urban, and it would be a great uh, nod, great success for Ryan if they can keep this up. I know Howard Schnellenberger got it rolling at Miami, but Jimmy Johnson really established, took it to the next level, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Dennis Erickson was the head coach at Miami as long as Jimmy Johnson was. And I don't know anything about Dennis Erickson, but I would imagine that the, the, the fumes or the vibes or the, the, the ethos, the, the, the standards set by Jimmy Johnson carried through Dennis Erickson's era. And Dennis Erickson was just as successful as Jimmy Johnson was. I don't know that Dennis Erickson on his own, if he had come in cold, would have, been, would have been able to do what Jimmy Johnson does. But he sure as heck was able to maintain it at the highest level.
0: No doubt. I mean, I was there for that. Jimmy did a much better job of keeping a handle on the discipline than Erickson did. Erickson, they were so wildly talented. Erickson let it get out of hand and the whole you image really is a creation of the Erickson era, not of the Jimmy era. The Jimmy era, the guys had fun. They just like knock the tar out of you. And, uh, but they didn't have all the craziness and all the showboating and stuff, uh, that got them into trouble under Erickson. And we'll see if Ryan can maintain the discipline. I'm sure he can. Ryan, Ryan Day, I'm extremely impressed with. I'll say that. And I'm not easily impressed uh, by coaches and I've always been the guy who says don't hire the interim but Ryan Day's not Larry Coker okay Ryan Day's not like it's going to be fine for a while and then oh baby when it goes it's really going to go that's not going to happen to Ryan Day and Mark Fritch is the modern day example yep. of that with Chip Kelly how much when
1: you take over it is it's hard you want to capitalize you you don't it, it helps a program when you have a successful coach why, why? Why change for the sake of change if you feel like you can keep it rolling, but you then have to have a guy who is more than just the shadow of the guy before. Can he make it his own? And it certainly seems like Ryan is doing that, has done that. He is different enough from urban. um, But so many things were in place to succeed. I just, you have to keep that in mind this recruiting situation and that, everyone is so impressed. You know, they have the number one class in 2021 right now. It seems almost assured they will finish with the number one class in 2021. And Urban, as great as he recruited at Ohio State, never had the number one class. Mm -hmm. That's all because of Nick Saban, but he had the number two class three times. But this is built on the machine that Urban created with Mark Pantone and everybody else in that recruiting department. Now, I had questions about whether Ryan could maintain it. So, credit across the board to Mark Bantoni to Ryan Day to all those assistant coaches for for recruiting at this level but it was there no it doubt. was there the car was in the driveway so again you don't have to just those, you don't have to criticize Ryan to say that urban was great at his job and you don't have to criticize urban or not appreciate urban looking back to say that Ryan is great at his job and they're both great at their job so far urban just was great at it longer
0: yeah now you said your story on cleveland.com i uh, thought it was a very good uh, thought-provoking story about the alabama thing which is going to happen in 2027 so if you're a high school sophomore and you red shirt or a fifth year senior you'll play in that game you said that you think ryan day will be the ohio state head coach in that game i said no way one of ryan's friends that i know says there's no way he'll be the head coach at ohio state then but you had some good information to back it up on uh previous Ohio State coaches and if this game had been scheduled at this point in their coaching career after one season a lot of them would have been around for a game eight years in the future Cooper Bruce Trestle Woody. almost everybody Woody, Woody obviously
1: yeah. um, Urban would have fallen just shy I mean Urban yep. put in seven years it's not a job that you just leave for the heck of it. Now, the whole discussion with Ryan is different because I think we all view Ryan as an NFL guy. Mm-hmm. Um, family considerations, I think, Bruce, the more you do our business, the more you understand that when you do the coaching carousel, it's not a guy in a job. It's a family and a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan's kids are pretty young. Um, he's pretty young. And I will be shocked if he doesn't coach in the NFL someday, but my main point was it, it is funny when you when something like the Alabama game is scheduled and you have a guy like Ryan Day. The I think the inclination initially is like he won't be here. Yeah, but I think he's only forty one. He could put in a good decade here and still have plenty of time to get to the NFL. And in putting in a good good decade here, he would give his kids a home, a foundation. We're not moving around. We have one place. No matter how, because when he goes to the NFL, you can't guarantee that the way he could guarantee that at Ohio State, I think. I don't know. I mean, we all, every, you know, who would have thought guys are going to end up getting fired? All those guys we listed ended up getting fired also for various reasons. Yeah, But If Ryan Day, I mean, Matt Rule, Matt Rule's a hot college coaching prospect who's friendly with Ryan Day. He just went to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, Matt Rule could be fired in three years. That's not, I don't know. I mean, in the NFL, it's just a different deal. I think he could do what he wants from a family perspective and from a career perspective by putting in a decade at Ohio State. And so I think the gut reaction of he won't be here makes a lot of sense. I think when you look at it, he's so young and I double checked it. I think Tressel, Urban, and Bruce were all 48 when they took over as Ohio State's head coach, which is also actually still pretty young. Yeah, Cooper was 51. Ryan was 40. Yeah, that's an that's an extra decade of your life practically. It is. So all he has to do take that extra decade in Columbus, and you can still be an NFL head coach by age 50 or so, and give yourself a chance to have a 10 year run there. And I just think. That's very possible, even though – and Bruce, I'm, fast, I'm sure you've talked about this. No Ohio State coach has ever had the NFL hover over them the way Ryan Day has. I think every other NFL – every other Ohio State coach that's ever been here – Ohio State has been the ultimate job in some ways, and I know what. Coop, did Cooper have a little dance every now and then? did he have a dance one time with somebody else? Um,
0: not that I recall. It was more other okay. colleges, Texas and yeah, other and, colleges yeah. though,
1: right? But yeah. but even but you know, I mean, it, it, I mean Ryan Day not going to go to another college, even though he's right. not from Columbus. I mean, what's the point? Why it, it, when Nick Saban retires, Urban? I mean, Ryan Day's not going to Alabama, right? But the NFL is going to hover every minute of his career at Ohio State. But I don't think that means it's
0: going to suck him away in the next three years. Here's the one. Uh, addendum I'd make to your point. I think when you calculate his age, you have to look at a picture of John Cooper, Jim Tressel, and Urban Meyer when they got the Ohio State job, and then you have to look at a picture of them when they finished the Ohio State job. It's like presidential, the mental workload in this job. Even if you're rolling, and all three of those guys have had it rolling, I think Ryan Day is smart enough to know that when he gets to the NFL, he wants to still have a lot of the energy that he has right now as a coach. And I'm not sure you can spend 10 years at Ohio State and have a ton of coaching energy left.
1: There is... The the shot at stability, though, I don't know if NFL coaches are constant looking over their shoulder that they're going to get fired. And I don't know the stats on stuff. And yes, there's Bill Belichick and yes, there's Mike Tomlin. And yes, there's a handful of other guys. I suppose Jason Garrett had a nice long run in Dallas yeah. without ever really doing much. Um, but that's part of it too. And we always joke. I mean, it's one of those things I, I I've, written and joked about that Ryan day makes it sound like his dream was to coach at Ohio state. Yeah, boy, that's so
0: phony, man. The whole, like I watched the game growing up in new Hampshire. I mean, I just want to say, Ryan, come on, man, you don't, it's okay. You don't need to do that.
1: If if Ohio state limits its pool of potential coaches to guys who grew up in Ohio, that's not now they, you know, there's a lot of guys who have grown up in Ohio. It's not, and not coincidentally, but we get it, Ryan, you don't, but, He did grow up going to Patriots games. I mean, he did go up going to games with his grandpa had season tickets. So that is real. And it's very easy to say, how many years does Bill Belichick have left if Ryan Day is lighting it up in college football as Ryan Day, Bill Belichick's successor? But might it be better for Ryan Day? And again, what's the rush let Josh
0: Daniels be Bill, yeah, Bill Let Josh McDaniels be and, the guy to follow the guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And in six years, when Josh McDaniels is okay and not great, or maybe he will be great or whatever, then Ryan Day can go in. I do think stability, yes, energy sapping, yes, but stability be, um, have a more of a chance to shape your destiny rather than what's our pick in the draft? Did we lose this guy as a free agent? Um, what's our quarterback situation? He can guarantee his quarterback situation every year yeah. to, to a pretty large degree. When he gets to the NFL, you know, if they blow the pick, I mean, now you're running through backups and you're waiting to pick high again two years later. Um, I just think that I agree with you, but I also think for a coach like him, there are a lot of things that are appealing about college too.
0: Number one, you're right about his friendship with Matt Rule and so he's not going to t- he's going to do exactly what Matt Rule did. He's going to wait until he gets the deal he wants and the setup he wants. Matt Rule could have been the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, he could have been the head coach of the New York Giants, he could have been the head coach a lot of places. Carolina Panthers were not on the radar, but they have what Matt Rule wanted, seven-year contract and they obviously have now he's got uh, you know, he's starting to remake their front office. And so that's the kind of situation Ryan will wait for. The other thing I don't know about Ryan is How much does Purdue week stress him out? Because we talked before about there's only a couple games a year that they have a chance of losing, okay? So if you're only stressed when you play Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, and then the two-game, you know, Big Ten title playoff, that's not bad. That's not bad. But if you freak out about Purdue and Rutgers and Maryland like Urban did and everything, oh my God then it does wear on you. But I haven't seen Ryan long enough to know if the specter of Greg Schiano and the Scarlet Knights keeps him up nights. I would hope it wouldn't, but I don't know that it doesn't.
1: But I think the thing you and I and everybody else would agree on is that it almost certainly stresses him out less than it stressed out Urban, as you said. I mean, I don't, don't take know that the anybody. the most stressed
0: out person in the world, it would stress them out less than it stressed out Urban.
1: Yeah. And again, Urban would not disagree with that. Urban is
0: wrapped with piano wire.
1: And that is part of Urban's greatness and part of why Urban is not a college football coach right now. You you can't if you pull that part of Urban out of him, he's not Urban. No, but Ryan does. He's Earl.
0: He's nine and three. Yeah.
1: He does just seem to be wired a little differently. So I think I think he will have the ability to get geared up for Penn State, but maybe not pound his head against the wall for indiana
0: all right doug mentioned recruiting big topic of the buckeye talk podcast we're going to talk a little recruiting here momentarily but first last sponsor read of the show willis bangler starling stan kelly all the great attorneys at willis bangler starling you're a successful person got your family rolling your kids are young they're going to school you got the house of your dreams maybe the job of your dreams you think man Life is good. It is good until something happens where you need an attorney and you don't have an attorney you can go to and you're asking friends like, all right, go on. You want somebody that you can call for any situation that comes up. That's Willis Spangler Starling. Their firm specializes workman's compensation, social security disability, wills, estate planning, personal injury, employment law, you name it, they do it. They do it well. They do it with distinction, with character, with integrity. Willis Spangler Starling. That's the law firm for you. They're on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Very easy to find. Check them out online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Okay, I got off the plane Dealer beat when covering recruiting was a suggestion, not a requirement. And I was asked many times, ah, why don't you cover recruiting? recruiting?" And my thing was, I always said, and it would not fly now, I'll cover them when they get here, not before they get here. Now I made an exception or two with like a Robert Smith, Euclid, two-time Mr. Football, Stuff like that. I don't want to talk to you about who's committed and all this, but the lead story on cleveland.com today is a 2022 recruit in the sports section. Who, what, what, is he visiting? Does he get an all? Oh, he can't visit, can he? And they can't visit him. Right. I mean, your thoughts on how recruiting is covered because, Doug, the Ohio State football pond, content wise, is <laughs> there's not an empty spot on the shoreline. The Pond is fished, 11 Warriors, Letterman Row, Bucknuts, Ozone. There's so many I can't name them. Now there's a new one with yep. Tony Gerdeman, Buckeye scoop. Buckeye scoop, and I'm sure they're going to do a great job because I know Mark mm-hmm, Givler sure. there does a great job. Tony does a great job. Bill Green, um, yep. uh, Bill Green, um, what can I, Tom? Tom Alex L- Kleitman, yep. Yeah, I mean, they, they'll Moore. do a great job. They got So somebody's pumping money into that. And, uh, you know, I did SI for a while. Now SI has renamed, uh, I think, Smartly. They've taken the stupid Maven name off and put, uh, I think, they're Buckeyes now. So, and recruiting is what everybody's getting into. What everybody's, recruiting is where people are trying to win. I don't think people are trying to win on features. You have a lot of recruiting Mm -hmm. on Cleveland.com. So your thoughts on recruiting and how you view it, you do a great job with it. I'm an old goat didn't have a stomach for it.
1: So I think two things. One is in a beat like Ohio State where a lot of the access to the players and the coaches is is limited, is in groups and that kind of thing. Recruiting is a spot where you ha- where you have a chance to go off and do your own thing. Big now point. we all end up calling all the same kids, but maybe the kid says the, the, the prospect says one thing to one site and then says something a little different to another site. You By get the itch, way, I was but rem- on your own.
0: I was remiss. I didn't mention the athletic with Ari Wasserman, who is the king of you, know, you don't have to mention Ari. It's okay. I mean, I'm I am just kidding. Mean, you know, Ari, <laughs> I, th- I there are times I want to alert the authorities when Ari gets talking about recruiting and certain kids like Garrett Wilson. I mean, I just want to say, you know, I want to keep your eye on him. No, I'm kidding.
1: Yeah, he's, he's really good. I mean, it's, it is. And there are, there are a lot of really people the, the Ohio state journalism market is saturated for sure. It's oh amazing goodness. that as many of us make our bones covering this team as we do, but it is a tribute to how many people care about this program and how good they are. Um, So one thing is that you can do your own thing a little bit. And the other thing is this. I do understand the idea that all sports fans love the future. Every sports fan loves the future more than the present. And if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be talking about baseball free agency during the World Series. And we wouldn't be talking about NFL draft positioning in week five. And we wouldn't be talking about the NBA draft before the playoffs have started. And that is the world we live in, 100%. The NFL draft is a year round. Business, yeah, it is one hundred percent. Recruiting is the draft, except you have the chance to have as many first-round picks as you want. That's a great point.
0: It's a great. So point. when
1: when you are an Ohio State fan, now I don't know. I've never covered another college football team. Actually, I don't know. I can't. I bet at. Purdue and Indiana and Rutgers and everywhere else, people are interested in recruiting, but it's not quite like this because they're all picking. They have multiple eighth round picks. Yeah, Ohio State has multiple first round picks. If the Browns said, OK, so in, we're trying to win right now, but also in next year's draft, we're going to have seven of the top 30 picks. Mm hmm. We would not watch a Browns game. All we would do is yeah. do the draft. That's what Ohio State is because they can get the best quarterback and the best running back and the best tackle and the best pass rusher, which is, by the way, what they have in the 2021 class. So it's fun. There's no downside. As And here's the other thing, too. As little as Ohio State loses on the field, they almost lose less in recruiting at this point. And that, yeah, they just had a kid like J-, J. C. Latham, a five-star offensive tackle, just picked Bama over Ohio State. But in recruiting, you can really celebrate the wins, and you can let the losses kind of slide off your back because there's always another guy to go recruit. Yeah. There's no, there's no definitive. You didn't get that guy, and it's over. So it's almost all upside. And at a place like Ohio State, it's like having seven first-round picks. So I. Have told this story many times. When Terrell Pryor, for you, you said you did Robert Smith. I didn't did yeah. I didn't do a, a ton in the beginning either. When they were recruiting Terrell Pryor, and that was the first time I really dove in on anybody. Um, and that was back in the very beginning of 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 two thousand seven and two thousand eight of sort of having the metrics online. And they could see how many people read your stories, mm-hmm. and I went and did a Terrell Pryor story. I stopped at his high school on the way back from a Penn State game. And they said, that Terrell Pryor story you wrote, actually, I stopped on the way there. I covered a a Terrell Pryor high school game on a Friday night and covered Ohio State at Penn State on Saturday. And on Monday, they said, that Terrell Pryor story you wrote is the most popular thing you've written all year. And I said, I'm covering a team that is trying to win a national title and they want to know about the quarterback recruit. And that opened my eyes.
0: Yeah, well, your statement, I'm going to, Retweet this. This is smart. Uh, Every sports fan cares more about the future than they do the present. That's true. That's very true. So in that vein, I'll give you, you said you rely on your Buckeye Talk listeners for questions and content sort of leads. So I'm going to give you a question here and see what you think. Uh, Best NFL career. You can equate it that way, or you can say, which one of these guys would I pick to be an NFL Hall of Famer, a pro football Hall of Famer? Jeff Okuda, Chase Young, Justin Fields, Nick or Joey Bosa? I'll tell you this, Bruce. It's interesting before
1: I get to the answer. There was a time not too long ago when Ohio State didn't have options like that in the NFL. That's the one thing as good as the Trestle teams were that I covered. They mm-hmm. were not creating NFL superstars. Mm-hmm. The way that Ohio maybe State I should get. put
0: Zeke on this list. I'll I put Zeke, I'll Put, Zeke, put, Zeke, I'll put Zeke. on this list.
1: Um, superstar, NFL Hall of Fame type guy. I mean, you know, you could answer all legitimately if you really wanted to. Not here because I said huge one. Projection. I have said all along that I fa- think Chase Young is the peak. Wow. Um, the defensive end position, and then I've I've talked to you about it, and I understand that that may not be a consistent opinion across the board. It's hard because Nick and Joey have shown it already. Nick Bosa, as a rookie, helped his team get to a Super Bowl. Nick Bosa is a game changer. So uh, I'm tempted to almost lean Nick. That's where I go. He's shown it already right now, and he won. He helped his team win. He wasn't just great. He helped his team win. But I think I feel like you get a little bit of a head start with Nick because we've seen it. So I'll say Chase Young because I think Chase Young has a chance to be, I don't know. Not Lawrence Taylor. I'm not going to compare him to maybe one of the three greatest NFL players of all time, but a dominant 10-year Pro Bowl defensive end, except also Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa. They might be the three best defensive – three years from now, they might be the three best defensive ends in the NFL. That would not be ludicrous to think.
0: I just think Chase has it all. Okay. I think he has the highest ceiling, and he has the highest bust potential. The end of the year with me worries – the end of the year with him worries me some.
1: Not as many sacks at the end,
0: yeah. It's just I didn't think he was a factor in any of those games. He was almost a huge factor in the Fiesta Bowl. He came so close to knocking that ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hand on the pass to Justin Ross. Nobody talks about that, but he, it was his classic, like, strip the yep. ball from behind thing. He was so close. If he makes that play, I think the game is different. But uh, I just think Nick had the benefit of... Tons and tons of first-round picks on the line at San Francisco. So you couldn't double him. And if he continues to play with that kind of talent around him, Nick is just so disruptive. Uh, Chris always says, Spiels always says, which Bosa brother do you like the best? He's like, it depends which one I saw last. Because he likes yeah. them both, but he says they're both different. They're both different type of players. Both are schooled you know, by their dad, a former first-round pick with the Dolphins. Uh, but I just think that uh, – and the other thing about Chase is – I think it's a disadvantage for any player, any player, to play super close to where they were brought up, because I think it just introduces all kinds of distractions. And hey, man, remember me? Can you get me this? Or why aren't you? Yeah, what, what kind of are you too big for me now? That kind of stuff. If Chase Young's in Oakland, he doesn't hear from those guys. You know, if Dwayne Haskins is in Oakland, he doesn't hear from those guys. It's too. I I wouldn't want anybody to play in their hometown that's tough Joe Burrow had to deal with that in Cincinnati
1: yeah Denzel Ward has it in Cleveland yep um yeah I don't I, I think Chase is uh I think Chase is the full package I think Chase is the full package uh on and off the field and I think um the, the hard thing about that is I think Justin Fields potentially could be a, an outstanding NFL quarterback. I think he, he, the thing we're curious about him, I love Deshaun Watson. I love Deshaun Watson in college. I loved when I just got a week with him up close when Ohio State played Clemson in 2016. Mm. I think if I could pick, I think it's possible if I could pick one college player in the 15 years that I've covered Ohio State football and say, start a team with one player, I think I might pick Deshaun Watson. He didn't win a Heisman, but he probably was the best player in college football, both his last two years. I think Part of what Deshaun had was the was the leadership. He just has that factor. It felt like everybody rallies around that guy. I think Justin can elevate that part of himself. I think he's a little more low-key than Deshaun was. Um, but I just think in terms of being dangerous, the thing I talk about with Justin is being dangerous, yet also constantly in control, which is what I felt with Deshaun at the end. You had complete faith that he wasn't going to mess it up, but at the same time, any play, he might have a huge play. So I just think the ceiling for Justin, and I think everything he does also translates to the modern NFL right now. His skill set, the ability that he had to pick up the offense from Ryan Day in such a short period of time and adapt and have poise. I think Justin Fields' ceiling in the NFL is really high as well.
0: I'm glad you brought that up again. Doug LaMaurice, our guest, Cleveland.com, covers Ohio State, columnist as well. Follow him on Twitter at Doug LaMaurice, L-E-S-M-E-R-I-S-E-S. You, what you said about Deshaun Watson, what you said about Chase and Justin, uh, we do get the chance, one of the blessings of this job, is we do get the chance to see more of these guys than the typical general public fan gets to see. And that's what I've noticed. As many players as we interview, as many stories as we do, as many games as we cover, there are always a few select guys who you just sense there's something different about them when you see when you meet them. They have a charisma. They have a leadership aura. They have something. Same thing with coaches. Uh, there are qualities that set them apart. And I think the longer we do this, you get a little bit better at picking up on those things. I too, when I, Deshaun Watson, I'm like, wow, this dude, like Ohio State's not winning this game. Like that dude is special. I felt that way about Eddie George. I felt that way about Scooney Penn. Uh, Throughout the years, there are just people that you feel that way about. So uh, I wanted to transition into kind of a life event type thing. I have said before on this podcast that I'm, As ashamed as I've ever been of the profession that I entered, you've been at this long enough to make some kind of a long view of journalism, what it was when you got into it, sports writing, what it was when you got into it, what it is now, how games are covered now, how teams are covered now. Do you think it's better now than it was before? Are there elements of how you used to do it when you first got into it or even when you first got into the Ohio State beat that you wish were still important? Or do you think that we've evolved to a point where, no, it's better now because, as we talked about, there is more content out there on various different platforms about Ohio State football, just your kind of long view of journalism, sports journalism, wherever you want to take the question.
1: It's a great question. It's so different. It's almost it's almost hard to compare. I mean, there's a lot more opportunities for people to kind of get in and 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 do interesting things. Um, I think that's good. I've been re-energized by the fact that I do more than just write stories. Mm-hmm. So that has helped me personally, and I think for people who can write. Do video, do podcast. There's just, which is everybody anymore. I mean, you're. That's what you do. You've done. You've done a TV show. You've done radio. You've done podcasts. You still write. I mean, that's how you succeed in this business anymore. Is is the ability to do it all. The difference um, I see.
0: Just let me interject this one. Sure, thing. go ahead. When I did what you do now, when I was the beat guy at the plane Dealer, never could I ever interject opinion in my writing. Now everybody right. can. That's right. the one big change. And that's why I think it's led us down a road where I I don't think it's been good long term because I think it's encouraged people to be activists rather than observers. That's my issue. So the one thing, I, and this was
1: changing kind of as I was getting into the business, I always felt like the thing I never liked and I felt was a disadvantage for newspapers was you would be a beat writer, an unbiased beat writer covering a team. And you'd go on the radio and people would ask you your opinion and you would give it. Now, not you, every sport. Yeah, no, everybody. I I did it too. And it's like, I wrote the team won today. And then, but you wouldn't say, well, the reason the team won is because the manager finally used his bullpen in the seventh inning better than he did before. You wouldn't interject your opinion. But on the radio, you'd say that and you'd be more interesting. And it's like, well, why aren't we doing that in the paper? I've always thought that if you're a beat writer, you're your own best expert. You're your first source in every story. So, whether that's implicit or explicit, your expertise should seep in. Now, expertise and opinion are different things, but expertise can also shape opinion. Mm-hmm. So, I am pro beat writers with expertise allowing that opinion to enter their stories. I am not super pro Sports writers thinking they're experts on everything. And that feels like a thing that has happened a lot. And I don't know if this is what you meant, but this is nothing new. I had a rant on this on Buckeye Talk the other week. And this is not political to me, um, but I'm okay with stick to sports mm-hmm. for sports writers because that's what we know and that's what. People want to hear from us. And when you guys advertise this show, you advertise it as something that is more than that. Yeah. So that's different. But and and I wouldn't just say if I was, you know, even if you're on a podcast or, or whatever, or if you're on Twitter, I you wouldn't ever write in a in a story about Ohio State football. Ohio State's gonna throw the ball to the tight ends more often this year. And by the way, here's what I think you should believe about environmental policy in America. That wouldn't be the third paragraph in your tight end story. So I'm not sure why you would tweet that. I'm not sure why out of the blue, you would just write that and people aren't prepared for it. I said, when I go to Chipotle, I say, could I get brown rice, fajita vegetables, and chicken? And if the person there said back to me, okay, here's your brown rice, your fajita vegetables, and your chicken. Also, here's who I think you should vote for. I would say stick to Chipotle. Yeah, I true. enjoy that conversation when I want to have it. I don't want to have it at Chipotle, and I understand the idea that sometimes when people are coming to me for information about Ohio State sports or the Browns or anybody else, maybe they don't want to have that conversation on my timetable right now. And so I don't think athletes should stick stick to sports, but I'm pretty okay with sports writers sticking to sports because, as I've said, I'm not sure there's ever been anyone who said, you know what, I thought this one thing about society – but then I read a tweet, a tweet from the Phoenix Coyotes beat writer, mm-hmm. and it changed my view on the world. I don't think that's how it works. So it's okay. We all have opinions. But I think if sometimes you might advertise yourself as only this, and it's about a bait and switch. And I think you guys have clearly staked out, we are not one thing. And when you stake out that point, then you're different. Then you have said, there's no surprises here. I think when the only reason, because when Bruce, you and you and Chris both have be- done things outside in the world, because you have done a radio show, Bruce, where, listen, when you're on radio all day, you end up talking about life. Yeah. And Chris, you and Chris wrote a book about life, about Stephanie. Mm-hmm. That is not just about football. You guys have staked out a territory. But if you are just, listen, man, I haven't staked out a territory. I write about Ohio State football most of the time. Sometimes I write about the Browns. I don't know that anybody cares what I think about societal issues. I am not an expert on them. I certainly have opinions. I think I'm smarter than a lot of other sports writers about it. But the territory that I have staked out, I have not. I have not said I'm an expert there, so I'm not. I don't think it's fair for me to go there. So that I don't know if that's what you meant by that. I get frustrated sometimes. Um, by people who in their Twitter feed, it's Dodgers bullpen, Dodgers starting rotation, Dodgers third base. Here's what I think about society and I get it, but are we any different than the person at Chipotle who has opinions about the world? But frankly, in that moment, is there to put our burrito together?
0: See, this is why I wanted to ask you the question because I knew you'd give me a smart answer. Um, and I'm glad you took it in that direction. Um, you and I have to have lunch again because I know you and I are not, I'm I pretty strongly assume you and I are not aligned politically. But one of the things I think that should be a strength of our society is we should have a lot of friends who do think differently than we do and that we can have a conversation with. And you and I had one of those conversations the last time we had lunch in Westerville where I kind of explained who I am a little bit more clearly than I had before. And I just, you listened and uh, I've found you to be an extremely thoughtful guy an extremely interest you know introspective guy and a good you have a good analytic brain uh, I always thought I told you back in radio when when I was in radio at the zone and you'd come in that you and I'd do a great radio show together because we'd be different we have different op- opinions but we have respect for each other and Chris and I have different opinions and we're more aligned I think he and I are than you and I are but I appreciate your answer a lot it makes a lot of sense to me I'm way outside the bounds of what you've outline but you know if I worked at cleveland.com I know I couldn't be way outside the bounds and I don't mean they put restrictions on you and that's why you're not I'm just saying we all have different personalities and and you've voiced that opinion here I think very eloquently Bo Bishop and I have had that conversation and Bo is on your side of the spectrum um on that and I respect that so I just think that was a great answer and I think our listeners are going to find it insightful it's why I wanted to have you on in Chris's place and uh I enjoy your work. I enjoy you as a person. I enjoy knowing you because you do make me think about things like that. And uh, I put great weight on the things that you say. We may not end up agreeing, but I put great weight on the things that you say. So thanks so much for that.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I I, I just do want to tell people it's funny when I, when I took over for Bruce um, and it was uh, big shoes, big shoes at the Cleveland Plain Dealer. But in the course That's of covering, nonsense course of covering different things, Um I remember very specifically, I think it was during something that was happening with Ohio State that was off the field and and they've had a couple of situations like that. Um, and somebody that I was talking to a source higher up, um, we ended up talking, I think about you because you had said, I think you were on the radio and you had said something and that person just said, Bruce is smart. And I think they disagreed with you and they're like, man, but Bruce is smart though. <laughs> and so I think um, that's the hard thing too. It's like, you know, we have you, we do have other things on yeah. the world, but I just think I think it's about the presentation of how you send it to people. And again, I, I know, um, I think it's very interesting what you and Chris have done by saying, this is who we are, get ready. And we're gonna do this and that. And I think the and is very, and I think how you prepare people for it um, is a big part of it too. So I do think Bruce, that you've always had a, a smart, sharp view uh, on things happening with Ohio State and sports in this state, and that certainly uh, can seep into real life as well.
0: Well, let's get together soon. All right,
1: sounds good. Thanks for Thank having me. Thank
0: you so much. I appreciate it very much. Have a great day. And Buckeye Talk again. People can find it iTunes everywhere. I assume.
1: Just yeah, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, yeah, Buckeye Talk from from Cleveland.com. We're going five days a week. We'll talk until your ears bleed.
0: Okay, great. Doug, thanks so much, man. Have a great day. All right, see it. All right, there you go. That's Doug Maurice of Cleveland.com. And uh, really appreciate him coming on today. Uh, really appreciate his perspective on things. I have great respect for him. Honestly, uh, this will get us into a real quick faith aspect at the end of the podcast. Um, I regret a lot of how I was on the Ohio State beat uh, in my Plain Dealer days. I regret a lot of the ways I was in radio early on. When you're not daily feeding your mind with truth from Proverbs and the Bible, and you're not communicating, and you're not submitting, you're not bringing down the temperature in your life and prayer and things like that, you lash out. I, I, I lashed out. I held grudges. I was difficult to approach. And honestly, I didn't treat Doug very well when he came here. I didn't, I wasn't overtly mean to him. I just, I kind of ignored him. I had a stupid, petty jealousy. I quit up there to take a job I really wanted at the fan. Why would I hold somebody was going to succeed me? They were going to stop covering Ohio State because I stopped covering Ohio State for them. Really stupid that I caused, I robbed myself of knowing Doug as well as I know him now for several years when he first arrived here. So I want to apologize to him for that. I want to um, say that as a way of checking myself and maybe checking you, checking yourself on, are we holding petty grudges, stupid, <laughs> no basis grudges? Um, We could fold that into a lot of the things that are going on in our society right now. Are we so committed to something that we think gives us our identity, that we can't listen, compromise, evaluate, analyze, have eyes wide open, and be willing to think something different, be willing to give people a chance. That's what I leave you with today. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, Chris will be back on Monday, Friday. I have a guest in mind. I hate to bother Doug again, but he was so good. Wouldn't we do a great radio show together? He said, "Yeah, Doug would do a great radio show. Uh, you could like maybe do the news updates or something." But after a while, that would be uh, that would be enough of your voice for me, Bruce. <laughs> but I do want to thank Doug for coming on. He's a phenomenal guy and um, does a great job. Check out his Buckeye Talk podcast. I can't listen to two and a half hours of recruiting, but if there's a rant in there about the Chipotle guy, I'd I'd listen to that for at least a half hour, forty five minutes. Thanks for joining us. Everybody have a great day. I'm playing golf today. Second time this year. It will be ugly. But you know what? I'm going to have fun with my buddies. Enjoy your day. Smile. Make somebody feel special today. And we'll talk to you again on Friday.